It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thank you very much and welcome to another round of a show today, one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. Uh, I appreciate everyone that's found time to tune to this program today. Uh, fundamentally, we promised to set this event up so that it could be a regular handshake across the Atlantic for people of African descent, wherever they are, be it in the 1.3 billion people in Africa, or 500 and something million in, in the Caribbean, as well as the diaspora community in America, China, Europe, and all over the world. We had set up uh, a program so we can permanently discuss what bothers us or what should actually bother us, because it is very obvious that if we are not talking to each other, then the likelihood of us not being able to take advantage of our full potential is really, really obvious. So today, we have sat back as a traditional show which happens on t25cl.com. The show regularly runs every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 2 p.m. West Coast Time, and 10 p.m. West African Time, because we have a content that really touches on both the people in Africa as well as the people in diaspora, because it, at this point, we as a people have the same challenges globally. Wherever we go, we are confronted with the same situation. So it is just obvious that it's very important we get back together, evaluate how we can get things done, what we can do together, build our own society, strengthen our communities, and our dependence among each other. We need to make a major diversion from our traditional partners in Europe and America and see how we can really create our own community of people of African descent, wherever they are. Because without really doing that, the likelihood of us rebranding our story, writing a story and presenting it the way we want the world to see, and equally taking control of a one point, over one trillion economy within the Black American community alone, and repurposing this economy towards the continent of Africa, so we can actually build a strong, virile economy out of Africa. Today's show is captioned COVID-19. We are at a crossroad. This is obvious because at this point, cities are struggling to, to get started again. And I think I totally I support the fact that the work cannot shut down permanently because the cost uh, of this shutdown is, is very, very, very strong and very serious on the world value and its total economic value. I have never seen a wall that has stagnated to this point across the entire globe, whereby the value of oil is in a negative format. I never heard that before, but apparently those are times that we're in. I constantly remind myself and remind whoever cares to listen that the world has changed forever. The world has changed from whatever we saw it just 120 days ago to what it is today. 
most of these changes will never revert. And in most of the instances, I can bet you that 50% of the changes will stay with us permanently. Because uh, today we found the need to bring new collaborations in different directions. Today we've realized that continual dependency on China as a production hub has not really helped our society because that dependency has exposed the vulnerability of different societies and countries such that manufacturing countries had to put a ban as they were invoking the wartime rules of their different sovereignty to support and protect their own economies. You can see Indonesia putting ban on exporting rice. Thank God that uh, we were able to migrate to start of producing our locally grown rice in Africa in a whole lot of instances. So the world has changed forever. Today we're going to look at the role of disinformation as it happened in, in a country like America, whereby the initial perception of COVID-19 was that it was a hoax. We are fully aware of the role Fox News played at that time because they thought it was just going to go away like that. We have equally seen the turn and twist that the same COVID-19 has taken in terms of becoming a partition issue across the, the aisle. This has happened across the entire globe, depending on who you're talking to. This has resulted in the kind of numbers that we cannot imagine. We have over 67,000 dead in America alone, with over 1.1 million infections. What are the real numbers behind this, these random numbers being thrown out? How do we really ensure that these numbers can really give us a trajectory on where the next generation wealth is going to be transferred to? I ran into a video presentation that was highlighting where the world was migrating to. And just as if a thought, is dollars still going to be the common denominator in the new world? The new world itself, as it's happening, how is it going to impact us? What are the new dynamics that are coming into play? How can we now leverage on this knowledge? Knowledge is power, I've always told. I went to a primary school that has uh, that has more as knowledge is power, and knowledge is sincerely power. But what you do with knowledge really makes you very, very powerful. We had agreed that we'll sustain this platform, we'll make sure that the content we put out meets the expectation, and we'll ensure that we create opportunities for people to share in this knowledge and leverage on it. I have some wonderful uh, panelists in the house, my typical bone man, who is very versatile in the trajectory of the digital era. We are here to drive that as a tool for Africans to once in a lifetime start looking at stuff differently. The world has and will not wait for Africans. We can continue playing catch up for all we care, or we can decide to leapfrog into the game. Our attitude has kept us back. The syndrome of not believing in each other or the syndrome that what is white is better has made us not to be able to articulate the proper potential of each other. By this saying, if we don't change that mindset, 
and call each other that has strength in different areas of the trajectory for which the world is heading, then we are in for another roller coaster. I pray now the next generation will have to deal with what we have not done right. Because it wasn't their fault. We have to step up and correct the needed aspect of our mindset, how we approach each other, how we look at investment. The investment times are even more difficult now because the knowledge of where and how this digital investment will take shape and place is not what is regular to most people listening. So it is very, very important that people have capacity because their capacity is only as good as what you do with it today. The economies of tomorrow will make the wealth of today look childish, just like what happened before the, the dot-com era. We've seen the billionaires out of the generation that have been made out of it. For those that saw the vision and keyed into the vision, we are at that point again. The wealthiest, the, the biggest period of wealth transfer globally is happening. It's happening. Millions of billionaires and millionaires are made every day. Basically, out of the fact that they've been able to think ahead and identify the trajectory of world revenue generating direction and key into it on time. This is very important. We will be sitting down here in another 10, 15 years, wishing we had taken the ideas we hear on this platform on where the world is going and how can we prepare to be part of that world. As a matter of fact, what we are not doing seems to be our biggest problem than even what we're doing. We cannot consistently think that someone is going to come to our community, repurpose our essence, and redirect our, where we put our money. I don't think that's going to be true. So we have to get within each other. We have to trust and believe in each other. We have to share knowledge of what we think, not even what is right, and let each other evaluate how we can start working and partnering together because the world after COVID-19 is going to the world with the highest level of competition. The world after COVID-19 is going to define what company or what industry survives and what dies. So it is not, and most of us are not well informed on all these details. So at this point, it's very, very important that we ask people that have insight into this trajectory, these areas of, of massive revenue generation, this massive wealth transfer component of every economy sector, so you can as well see where you could tap into. In another four years, if you are not in position of a digital infrastructure, if you are not in position of a digital community, if you are not in possession of the required technology, you would have just been played out, no matter how liquid you are today. It's no longer important how much you have, but what value is going to come out of what we have post-COVID-19. We have seen how the stock market has been depleted without anybody being able to lift a finger to protect the situation. So I am very obvious, if we don't step up right now, to share knowledge and believe that the knowledge we share on a platform like this, and that we intend to build a whole new dynamics for people of African descent, then we are not ready 
to head in the right direction and prepare a better world for the next generation. This this discussion today is going to take us all the way to Trinidad and Tobago. It go float us all the way to the to the to the California, the hills of California, and to one of our panelists in New York. These are people that are very deep and detailed in their knowledge of what's been playing out. We have done our due diligence. We've seen where it all started and how the system that has made it through has survived. I thank everybody who is here. I see my brother, Prince William Albert, Gerard Pereira is right on board, Ubang Nelson, uh, Joseph Eddy, Ali Gambo, all of you guys watching. I thank you guys. I give you a high five on the wave over there. I want you guys to stay tuned because it's very important what we hear. But what we do defines what, what we get, what is the next level that we can actually propel ourselves to. The regular way of investment is off the table. I want to welcome uh, the Galaxy Chief who provided this platform for us to consider reach out to you, Chief Andre. My brother, how you doing? Oh, pretty good, you, my brother. We're going to have you on the show. I'm doing okay. Yo, that's Galaxy Chief chatting all, all the way from Oakland, California. And I have my other panelist. Uh, Gerard uh, Pereira, that uh, calling from Trinidad and Tobago. My brother Gerard, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, I'm good. Good evening, good evening, King Coco. How are things with you, my brother? We're doing great, but we can't just wear, we can't just keep quiet any longer because we are at the point that something has to be done because we cannot continue playing a catch-up. I have my brother, my mentor, Somebody like listening to a lot, even though he beats me up a whole lot as well. But at no point uh, will I not appreciate the kind of information he shares. I want to thank God for his life. I want to equally thank us for having him on the show. Uh, my brother Lenny Duncan is out of New York. So thank you, brother Lenny. How are you? Hey, King Coco. What's up? What's going on? Well, we're talking about post-COVID. Post. Post. Was here pre-COVID? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about we've been pre-COVID, but today we are at a crossroad. The entire global space is at a crossroad. Uh, where, where, where do we go? We're struggling to jumpstart the entire economy, global economy, all over. Uh, some people, uh, I think, we shouldn't. Uh, all that thing, we cannot keep the world uh, on, its, on its knees. Uh, today, we're looking at a situation that has never happened in our global life, in our lifetime. We're looking at economies that have been grounded. Uh, value of economies have been depleted grossly. And a continuous depletion of these values by shutting down the entire system is going to be very, very catastrophic to mankind. Already, we don't know who is going to survive post-COVID? So we decided to put up the show so we can get our brothers of, of African descent, wherever they are, to understand the fact that the world has changed in so many ways. And these changes are not going to totally come back. We have seen the total eradication of certain jobs that were thriving just before COVID. But they're finding a very hard reason to even open their doors. We've had Georgia, the state of Georgia in America, open its doors a few days now. We're still waiting to see what this impact has 
on the COVID infection itself and in other aspects of our existence. We've seen a couple of other states struggling in America to come in. We've seen countries in Africa looking at the situation of total shutdown as counterproductive, probably because their numbers still look low and we hope that remains like that. Uh, Nigeria itself, one of the biggest countries out of Africa with over 200 million people, a country that is supposed to get into a drive mode for the entire African continent to catch up and sustain the momentum. It's a hoping to open this door by Monday because the continuous shutdown has ground everything to a halt. So depending on who you talk to, for me, I think the world cannot constantly remain on, on its knees. The world has to figure out how to jumpstart and get rolling because the machineries of governance all across the globe is what sustains the world economy. The oil, the oil sector is one of the worst hit as of today because everything at all grounded to a halt. The value is totally, totally what we have not seen in a lifetime. So uh, I, I welcome you guys to this panel and I want you guys to understand the mindset we have. At the end of the day, our discussion has to dovetail to what kind of people leverage on because it's not really what we do that matters most times. It's actually what we've done too. My preamble here captured a whole lot of stuff. What we've got to deal with as a people are challenges across the globe, but we're not going to keep on dwelling with that. We believe that this handshake across the Atlantic was created to help people of African descent have a handshake across each other, get to understand each other, so that we can start functioning as one of the biggest race in the whole world. But today, we are only barely thriving as one of the most endangered races in the whole world. This has to stop. Our brand has taken enough heat. We have to step up and protect the brand and project it the way it should be. And my brother Lenny, the crossroad we are today, what's your take on it? Uh, are we really at a crossroad or are we ahead? Because a lot of times, <laughs> influence. No, I'm I'm serious because if you don't control if you don't control more more than eighty percent of your information broadcast, then you'll be listening to everybody. The question is, do we control more than eighty percent? of our information broadcast. Because I don't think, think I don't I don't think I don't think so. We don't control that at all. You know that. Okay, that was okay. a question. Very good. So 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 by virtue of that, if we were to do that, would we would we would we be listening to other people pontificate about our future and telling us that we are at crossroads? Okay? For the individual African, whether it be African American or Afro Caribbean or Afro Brazilian or Africans on the continent, we are always at crossroads. Do we go left, do we go right, or do we keep moving forward, okay? Now remember, when we're dealing with countries like, like China, okay, and India, all right, they are singular countries, singularly, singular sovereign states, and I, and I keep repeating. The key thing about Africa is that we are a mosaic. 55 countries in, in the continent of Africa, and we have about 100 countries all together around the world, including Black America uh, as, as a sub-national of the United States. And of course, Trinidad and Tobago, where my good friend Gerald is from, where I was born, okay? We understand the Caribbean as being part of that. So the crossroads has to be the crossroads of the mind. We are at crossroads in our own mind. Do we move forward with the power we have? We have 2 billion Africans around the world right now, okay? 
or do we sit and wonder whether or not these people are dictating to us that we are crossroads? We have a straight road ahead. We always have a straight road ahead, okay? If we embrace each other and consider that power in numbers, we have the greatest demographic dividend in the history of the world. It's called black people, okay? Two billion people, okay? The Chinese haven't reached that. The Indians haven't reached that. Yet, if we take a country like Trinidad and Tobago, it's a mosaic of people from all over the world, okay? Same thing as New York City, same thing as Miami. So look at what we have in Coco. We have an embarrassment of riches among us. We are already connected by digital undersea cables. We got to celebrate what we have because what we have is the only thing we have to move us forward, not what other people say we have or we don't have. Yes, this COVID situation is very, very bad, very terrible. But look at what you have done in Nigeria to keep the numbers down. Look at what Trinidad and Tobago has done. And I guess Gerald would probably talk about that later on. But we have to celebrate what we have been able to accomplish because there are so many problems that we can talk about. But if we don't have time to talk about our, our, our pride, if we don't have time to talk about our advantage, if we don't have time to talk about how we're going to make profit among ourselves, which is so long overdue, then we would spend our time wondering what the others are pontificating about us, whether it be digital currency or no digital currency or whatever. Remember, currency is not money. Currency, as the name implies, is the flow of an agreed system of exchange that you decide have this value, and I decide have that value. So from buyer to seller or from seller to buyer, we have a fair value in exchange for what we are giving each other. All right? So cool. as far as the question, we win. Go ahead. Cool. Well, that's a whole different discussion for another day. Are we really at a crossroad? It depends on who you talk to. Because for some yes. people, apparently I think we are even more ahead, but it depends on what we do with that advantage. That's why we're discussing this discussion today. Because right. it's not just a matter of being at a crossroad. For every extremity, there is an opportunity behind it. That's what I've always heard. So I still believe that's very true. But had that having been said, what has... What what uh, uh, let me let me speak with uh, Gerard Gerard uh, let me just hear you there. What is really uh, oh Gerard? I just lost Gerard, man. I have one of my brothers that just locked in. That's awesome, uh, Chief Galaxy Chief. What do you think is the, is the likely direction of 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 opening early and opening late? I don't subscribe to to us holding down the countries at its knees. Uh, there still be death in this war, COVID or no COVID. We don't even know what number of death is actually a COVID death because we, we have seen certain people who are trying to take advantage of the situation, running numbers. As long as we're concerned, the flu would have been here with us uh, and the flu equally has done uh, fatalities. But today, almost every global death situation especially of the older people, is even attached to COVID. So is this crossroads something to really bother about? Or what, what do you think might be a likely outcome of delaying this opening of the economic dynamics of the whole world? But we, we're looking at a real global shift. Um, things are Look at the 
Okay. Chief, we're not hearing you. Can you say it louder? We're not hearing you well, Chief. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Now. Better, much better, bro. Go ahead. Chief, 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 your connection is really bad. Apparently, uh, people are not really hearing you well. I, I, I'm just going to leave you right there for a minute. Hopefully, by the time I revert back to you, you might have a better connection out of that. Uh, let me let me, let me, me just chat up my man right here, uh, Mr. Duncan. Mr. Duncan, you said, yes, you said we're not really at, at, at a crossroad. That for you, you see a straight road that could make a good, a good run, you know? What will you advise us to expect out of this opening? Do you subscribe to us opening the economy again? Because I think the cost of shutting down this economy will destroy the total value of the economy. Uh, Kim Koko, the, the economy has constricted, not shut down. The key thing well, is that, yeah. yeah, understand something. Because a lot of times when we, we, we exaggerate what it is, the economy has shifted to where it was always going, digital. And digital doesn't have a geographic sense. Digital is everywhere, every day, anywhere, any day. So to think that we have shut down is missing a bigger point in that finally we are together. Unfortunately, because of a bad reason, but it took a flood to put everybody in the same act. Noah's act. Remember that? So if we use right. analogy, think about it this way. How can we redefine the new paradigm, the context with which we are in, that for the first time, you know, maybe a thousand years, everybody has decided we are going to lock down, not shut down. Lockdown is not shut down. So what we can do, so if, we can if, do the economy, if the economy, if the economy is want to actually redo that situation of of um, opening up physically as it was before. Why can't we do this? We can control who opens up and then tie it in, tie it in to what's digital at home. So in case anything happens again, we can get back to the base that is safe. And the base that is safe is always your home, always where you are, not having to leave your, your city and go to work in another city 
and use all that fossil fuels by train and all that just to meet someone to say, hey, I'll finish your work at home. Because that's what has been happening for the last, uh, I would say, 20 years. Most of the work has been done in India for technology. Okay? Most of the development of physical goods have been done in China for technology. So what, when we talk about shutting down, maybe it's actually shutting up our supply chain that we weren't supposed to depend on. So if you look at what we have left after those supply chains that we became unduly depend on has shut down the constant supply, why aren't we establishing sustainable cities and sustainable communities so we no longer have to do that? In that case, when you're at the bottom of the barrel in your supply chain, you're never shutting down. You're moving up. The only thing we could do now is move up. Not Whoa. shut down, not lock down. Whoa. All right. So if, if, if I can take away from that discussion, uh, we are not shut down. We're all just locked down, but a whole lot of operation has been continuous. In fact, the economy for some people has really expanded despite the fact that people are still indoors. How did that happen? How did people get to get stuff done even when they were still shut down within the same geographical space? So that opens a whole new vista of opportunity for those that could think not just outside the box, but as if the box is not even in existence. Because that's what this world, what this world calls for at this time. We can no longer believe thinking outside the box is the definition that should define us. We now have to think as if there is no box because there's just a global space. The opportunities are all global. So we totally appreciate that fact. Gerard has been struggling to come on this show. Mr. Gerard, are you doing? Are you good? The connection go with us now? Gerard, your connection go with us? I want to come to you, my brother. Is he on mute? Okay, no, he's not on mute. He's, I think he's having some connection. I have my, okay, Galaxy Chief, let me just get back to you. You know, uh, my brother just said that uh, uh, the opportunity that is open now is probably in a whole different trajectory, that the world is not shutting down. It probably had a lockdown session, but a whole lot of dynamics was still going on. It's just the ability to decipher and understand where and what is happening and where you can play. Uh, my galaxy chief, you have your connection back. Give me an insight into what you expect out of the situation. California is still shut down. New York is still shut down. Dallas is still, Dallas just came back up, but even had a very high number of COVID incidents on the day, the day after that. Uh, Atlanta has been running up. We don't know what the impact on the early opening up of the system is yet. It's just still too early. We don't have the numbers yet from the CDC in terms of how uh, the COVID situation is, but I don't think we can constantly keep the system on its knees because even though my brother says it's probably more a lockdown, but the lockdown has caused a lot of industries to struggle. Mobile, Exxon Mobile just declared 4.7 billion loss in the first quarter of this year, and that likely will hit the entire industry like that. So what do you think is the next thing to expect? At this crossroad, uh, Galaxy Chief. First of all, can you hear me okay? Much better now. Oh, okay. sorry about that. All right. Well, man, I think it's a global reset. It's going to be a reset on various levels. Uh, the number one reset is going to be with currency throughout the 
learning curve for everyone. And it's sort of like with Gil Scott Era, the first minute of a new day. And with this new day coming up, it's going to be a learning process. And like I was saying before, there's just so much uncertainty in, in the world. And um, I, I thought before what I was saying that uh, even like in the world of sports, they don't know when the first football, basketball, baseball is going to be. They don't know how they're going to do the draft. And, and so it's everything is being reset. Contract. So, so the thing, yes. the thing is more of a reset. Yeah, it's a reset of the and that is a good thing for this entire planet. I mean, look at a place like Nigeria, uh, where their currency is tremendously uh, undervalued. Nigeria has some of the best oil in the whole world, but how come their currency is and how come there's so much uh, poverty? So all of this needs to be addressed. There shouldn't be any poverty anywhere on the uh, continent of Africa with all the riches and all the land and all the natural beauty that is there. But but the people are being oppressed and the people at the top who are running the government are prospering very well Okay, Chief. Chief, let me just jump in there. Uh, well, you see, it depends on who you talk to. The positions are always at variance. But at the end of the day, um, I have my, 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 my panelists that are calling from Trinidad and Tobago, Gerard Pereira. Gerard, uh, let me just ask you this. Uh, America is just about to kickstart. And we know that everybody is looking at what America does. America just realized that they can't keep shutting its doors down uh, with its industries and almost everything uh, ground to a halt. What do you think might be the likelihood of these impacts on countries out there who always look up to America, even though it's been really, really disappointing how America's handled this COVID situation? What is really out there in the, in the Caribbean with particular reference to Trinidad and Tobago? Gerard, I said, what, what, okay. what, you see, the world is about just jump-starting. The world is trying to jump-start all over and uh, and get back to its feet. It's, it's a tough decision for a whole lot of a whole lot of states to get on board. And, and I'm re-echoing. I hope you guys can manage this connection for now. What do you think Trinidad stands to, what's going to happen over there with the world getting back on its feet? Well, certainly, the first thing I look at is the digital connectivity to the diaspora. As you recognize that 90% of the time, we have not been connected to each other. Whether it's true economics or true socioeconomics activities, we have not been really connected to each other. That's the most important thing we need to do, digitally connect to each other. At this point in time, that's what is really needed. Wow. I totally agree with you. I've always, in fact, we, in, our, in our previous discussion, uh, we had identified that the full potential that is opening up after post-COVID, what is really opening up post-COVID is a large opportunity within the digital, uh, digital workspace. And we totally agree with that because the only thing that was able to survive the entire COVID thread was basically technology and mostly the digital component, which is just what is happening. And that brings us to a, a different content 
of this topic, digital economy, digital communities, the likelihood of less than 1% of the whole world owning the entire 95% of global wealth. That is the vulnerability that comes with this situation that we see. People that had invested in digital infrastructures are smiling to the bank, even to, to the position they never anticipate. And this is creating a whole new opportunity of investment, which some of these same organizations has been investing over years, preparing themselves for the new digital economy of which we all try to go buy in in trickles, uh, like the Bitcoin. Well, let's go buy Bitcoin. Let, I want us to understand that people make the money behind Bitcoin because of the vision of investment in a digital space or with the Bitcoin become the, 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 the digital currency. I am saying this, and you can take this to the bank. Another five years going to see a whole different situation because I'm privileged as someone with the technology space to see the fact that there's a global trend in the multiplication of digital communities. And it would just take a simple stroke of the pen for the owners of these digital communities to converge and create another massive digital economy and all collectively agree to run one simple digital currency. That is where the world is going. And that is where we need to be worried because that's where the biggest wealth in America is about to be transferred, but transferred to very few. That's why we're talking here because we strongly believe that if our people of African descent trust in each other, we are developers of technology. We are aware that we have technology that's not been put out there that's bigger than Facebook, uh, Google, pulling together. But we have not been able to trust in each other that the best can come out of Africa, that we own these technologies, that we can deploy them and take advantage of it and not play catch up. So now that is why we are harping on the fact that we have identified the next trajectory. What we do with this knowledge is what will define our next generation. Will our next generation be on the table without the knowledge of what's really happening? If we don't control this technology, what do we stand to face in the dying road? Who owns the media, owns technology? Who owns media is able to change minds, repurpose direction? And my man Lenny, talk to me about this discussion because I and you, we have shared in this common drive, we made a lot of effort to see how Africa can jump ahead with certain technology that will ever make them stay ahead but it's still been a, a, a joke for some people. But we're about to lose that because this wealth creation is being transferred unanimously. My brother, let me hear from you on that. Okay, uh, King Coco, it's a, it's a matter of understanding supply side, demand side, and the market. The market is what gives the supply side the power or the demand side the power. The demand side is usually controlled by consumers. When you look at the consumer demographic dividend in the world today, it belongs to African people around the world, the only untapped market there is. The thing about wealth is that wealth always looks for an uptaker, a consumer, mm -hmm. someone, who will, someone who will buy your products or services according to the World Trade Organization rules of GATT and GATT and 
transfer to you value that you would use to measure the fact that you are wealthy. So the Billionaire's Boys Club of Silicon Valley, they know how to do that by controlling broadcast, by controlling media. So instead of reading about the young kid in Africa or Trinidad who has come up with the most brilliant solution, he doesn't have a, vo a voice. So underneath the bushel, your light wouldn't shine. If you don't have any network, you have no money. If you have no money, you have no voice. So what they have been able to do, unbeknownst to us, the fact that we are now speaking here on the internet, the fact that we are speaking on, um, we're looking at it on Facebook. A lot of that came from your guy in Nigeria who, who developed the first internet network that President Clinton recognized when he actually went to Nigeria and spoke about the birth of the internet. So if we don't understand that we still have the power, we will always think that we have to work so hard to get the power. Look at the sports that you, 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 your brother from uh, California was just talking about, about the NBA and so on. The biggest and wealthiest sports leagues in the world is right here in the United States. The NFL, 66% African-American, is worth about $13.5 billion. The NBA is about, on, book, on the books, is about $7 billion. But in, in actual fact, because of the LeBron James and the Michael Jordans and so on and so forth, it's worth more than money. Influence, influence is worth more than money. If you know how to market and monetize that influence. What we are not doing, King Coco, is making ourselves understand and celebrate that the fact Africa is now the leader in mobile money. By far, Africa, which is mainly Kenya, Ghana, and now Nigeria and South Africa, has the largest number of digital banking customers. You have the MPSL system. You have the system in Ghana. You have the BVN in Nigeria. If you look at the numbers, the reason why we don't impose our advantage on other people is that we don't control media. When you control media, you control everything in terms of the people's hearts and minds. Secondly, if you don't control your own language, the lingua franca of business today is English. Well, guess what? English came from England. You follow what I'm saying? Chinese, which is spoken by you know, at least 1.4 billion people, okay? It's not just one language. You have the Mandarin, you have the Cantonese, you have the so many different forms dealing with Africa. So the common language right now is a, lang is a language of visualization, what you actually see. And that's what we are now moving into in terms of the new phase of digital commerce, commerce that you see that you can interact with because visual is one basic language. What you see is what you get, not what you hear. <laughs> awesome. So uh, you see, for those that are, that are listening, you're listening to One on One with King Coco Show. Uh, we we hosted on t25cl.com, a, a global streaming platform that is actually made available to us to help us propagate the whole idea of putting a handshake across the planet for people of African descent. We will continue doing what we're doing because we find a need to do it and someone has to do it. So by that saying, uh, we are committed to bringing the best knowledge and information to people of African descent. What we do with it is out of our control but we are here to make sure that we gray out those areas that made us look like we don't understand each other and we highlight those each other that we share in common in an attempt to build that community that will bring us much closer so we can start looking for new partnership across the planet don't forget 
that the, the our brothers 400 years ago that were taken out of Africa were drifted down the Atlantic towards Brazil before they were now moved to every other part of the world. But today, uh, after slavery, that channel has been permanently closed in terms of trade, in terms of uh, shipping, uh, transportation, instead of air travels. That still remains one of the shortest connection between Africa and anywhere in the Americas. Why did this all? Uh, why did this route got shortened down after slavery, after the exploitation? That's why we're starting the show so we can understand each other, understand one thing about each other that we have more in common. We have to reach out to new partnership. The world has changed forever. It's not going to be the same thing again. So if you see the need to be part of the emerging society to prepare our young generation to the new trajectory to repurpose our resources, which are really very, very lean. Look at the value of the world, uh, world, uh, world economy today. It's depleted by almost having some economies, which is something to really worry about. So it's time we, as people of African descent, sustain a handshake across the Atlantic to people of African descent or people in African continent at all times so that we can create new opportunities with each other. We can let the economy uh, revolve within our society for a little bit before we lose the value that always comes to us. That's why we're putting up the show. And I'm glad that we King Coco to remain on this platform. This is our second year. I will see running strong. So we ain't gonna stop because there's a job to be done. Uh, my brother, I see my brother logged in here. Oh, apparently he's just got, got out. Uh, Chief, Galaxy Chief. How are you doing, sir? Uh, let me let me just ask you something. You know, if this economy does not get started, what do you think? Let's say Bill Gates say we should push this for now, another for another eight weeks. For reasons they know better because we don't share the same information they have. If this economy keeps keeps staying the way it is for another eight weeks, what do you think of this country and the world at large? Chief, your connection is really bad. I can't. I don't think we can sustain that that, that discussion with that kind of connection. I don't know what's really happening. What about now? Can you hear me now? Okay, it's a little better. Yeah, come on, bro. Okay. All right. Um, you just can't keep operating an economy on on a downward spiral Your connection is still barely, you're barely audible out here, man. You know, I don't know what's up with that today. Let me just take Gerard a little bit, my brother from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Gerard, 
how 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 are you guys uh, hunkering down there uh, in 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 the in the Caribbean? Because I know that uh, we we need you. Last time you made a comment, you mentioned about the need to create that global network that is digitally run, so we can operate much better. And I know that the African continental free trade zone is about to be launched and uh, not a lot of people in africa itself or people already understand the implication of the african continental free trade zone because uh it is not been uh, pushed as hard as it should be we don't have a digital framework right now to really make people that uh, you don't need to actually be in africa or go to ghana the headquarters of this of this uh biggest uh trade platform to be able to access information or get deals done. So we've been discussing with our partners, strategic partners, on how a digital framework could complement this. Uh, uh, what do you think, uh, uh, what do you understand by the, uh, by the African continental free trade zone in the Caribbean? Because we intend to lead a trade mission to introduce this uh, awesome opportunity to people in the Caribbean. Do you have a good knowledge of the continental free trade zone, Mr. Gerald? Hello, Gerard. Gerard. Okay, Gerard is out of there. Uh, my brother Len, let me let me come back to you because you're always my last man standing, permanently very resourceful. What do we do digitally to 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 bring out the full potential of African economies, be it the oil sector, be it uh, within the free trade zone, uh, be it within sports? what do we need to do now and how do we get our brothers to understand the fact that we are running out of time to take our destiny by being able to produce our own technology okay you know simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication leonardo da vinci that old italian guy who who drew all those masterpieces so if we look at that think about what works in america that we admire what it it works well behind the scenes, better than it works in front of the scenes. Look at the NBA, the National Basketball Association, okay? Look at track and field, where we produce some of the best athletes in the, in the sprints. The key is, King Coco, how could we extend these networks into Africa and get a bigger market? There are about 56 players from the NBA who are from Africa. In fact, the last NBA championships was won in Toronto where the manager of the Raptors is from Nigeria. So the key to this is being able to create alternative sports leagues, alternative leagues that has to do with our strengths. The track and field, there are no track and field leagues in the entire world, imagine that. The most popular sport in the entire world is track and field, not soccer. And in a, where we completely dominate, we don't have the networks, and that's, that's by design. Where we have a team sport where there's a coach, where the coach can dictate who sits and who stands, who shoots the three-pointer, okay, or who goes into defense, which affects their advertising capability, all right? That's the sport right. that they want us to play. The individual sports, where we compete against the clock, where we can show our own abilities 
and dominance of a particular sport, like Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, if they say it's worth about $30 million, Usain Bolt's name is so popular around the world, it should have been $30 billion. But look what happened. It's an individual sport. There's no team captain. There's nobody who can own him, like how you have the NFL teams. You see what I'm saying? So if we look right. at the individual, the individual sport that we can do together, where we have an, where we have an obvious advantage, the music business, Afrobeat in Nigeria, soca in Trinidad, reggae, hip-hop in the United States. These are global lingual francas of the creative economy. How come we don't have networks for that, where we can market and monetize that to the extent that we don't have to depend on MTV and VH1 and B- Netflix, Netflix, Netflix is making all the money. Netflix is making all the money. And uh, if but we share see, that knowledge, listen, I see Netflix is making Netflix. all that money. Right. Well, again, you know? again, that is, that is, it seems to us that they are, but they're not. They're operating almost at a loss. And that is the reason why we have to understand the make, manage, market, and monetize process of wealth. Netflix is a public company, okay? In public companies, <laughs> your shareholders have to say. So Amazon is not a company that, that, that declares any dividends, but what happens is that there's a stock play. If I own Amazon stock and somebody else wants Amazon stock, the market is I sell them Amazon stock. It's not, a, it's not like I wait for dividends in a typical situation. So if we understand that this is a new era, post-COVID is going to be consumer-driven. Pre-COVID was supply-side-driven where someone could tell us, we're going to put Facebook in your country and take 20 million um, subscribers, and you're going to pay us because we're putting it there. Because, no, it's free, it's free. It's never free because we pay for the advertising through the increased dollars that are put in the products. So King Coco, think about it. If we bring the Caribbean together, the Caribbean together, right? With right. Black America, with, you're talking about 50 million people in Black America, 40 million uh, um, people in, in, in the Afro-Caribbean area, and Brazil, 108 million people. Add that now. Add that now to Europe, 12 million black, uh, black euros, okay? And then Africa. It's not so much the race. It's the taste. We, ha we determine the taste of the entire world. If we don't recognize that, and if we don't behave as though we have an unfair advantage, we will be the unfair advantage someone else has. Okay. Yes. Len, talking about the unfair advantage, our people are not even aware of the digital dividend, the demographic dividend, and the amount of cables, undersea cables that are running across the entire African network. Our leadership are not even knowledgeable enough on the implication of this in our economy. We like today, it's, you know, when you said is a lockdown, not a shutdown. Yes. In, in the Western world, in America here, it's a lockdown because operations are still on. Uh, so education is still going on. Government operations are still going. The Trump is still sending checks out uh, without people leaving their homes. But that is not the same situation in Africa. At, but at all times, I have done this as an advocate for digital transformation in Africa. I can tell you, our leadership are quick to judge without knowing anything about the subject matter how do we drive this message to those that make decisions because at the end of the day if the young man in the street needs to be directed by government policy to pick up a new our emerging skill set 
the new investment we're talking about has to be directed through investors who are part of leadership. How do we drive this message across and build this trust that our people will see the need to embrace these emerging technologies, especially the ones that are developed by our own, that are looking for how we can take that unfair advantage. So we are not the unfair advantage to others. Okay. All right. Let me answer that question. Let me answer that question by asking you a very, very simple question. How much Correct. did you know Correct. about about how much did you know about COVID nineteen before you knew about COVID nineteen? How much did you know about it? Nothing. Not a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Necessity is the mother of invention. Okay. If Correct. there wasn't a necessity to know about something for your own survival, which is called sustainability in the in the UN, we'd have never done it. The answers that you're looking for that is the hardest to find are the ones right in front of your eyes, okay? Hidden in plain sight, okay? In 2016, all the countries of the world, except Nicaragua, I believe, no, Nicaragua joined afterwards. We had signed that COP21, the climate change agreement, in December of 2015, okay? In 2016, the beginning of the UN SDG era, okay? What happened is all of us agree that we will practice sustainable communities and sustainable cities. But what was right. missing was the advocacy piece. How are we going to advocate so people will be aware, which is what I constantly do, so that people will be aware that something to benefit us exists. Okay. So what happens? Your UN Deputy Secretary General, who is our sister, Amina Mohammed, from Africa, from Nigeria, okay? She encouraged the, the, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, to establish what is called the UN SDG Advocacy Program. Do you know who is the co-chair of that? The President uh, of Ghana. Guy. Oh, the President the, of Ghana. The President okay, of Ghana is the co-chair, along with the President of Norway. Okay? Who are one of the advocates of that? Okay? Shakira from Colombia. Lionel Messi from Argentina. Okay? Jack Ma from China or the Caribbean, right. depends on where you want to say. And then one of the key guys we have in there is Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is an advocate for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. If these advocates are brought together, and you know that I have always talked about that in terms of establishing the creative economy as the advocacy for black people, black America, the Caribbean, um, um, you know, Africa and so on, has the ultimate advocacy tool, music. Second advocacy tool, sports. Third advocacy tool, new movies. We have all of that. The thing about... I'm not shutting you up, bro. I just got right there because I know that sometime last year, the UN adopted sports as a major tool for climate uh, UNSDG advocacy. And uh, this has not, and the African continent happens to be uh, the, 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 the dominant uh, players in some of these uh, outdoor sports because it, the, most of these goals were designed to help economies regenerate themselves if they can follow them religiously. Because uh, going by the fact that the, most of this could be revenue oriented, but we still don't have the benefit of implementing this because the framework has not really been in place. 
the UN itself having driven these 17 goals, which are awesome, awesome goals, because if they are being able, if they are being implemented uh, genuinely, uh, the, the impact could be very enormous in economies, in, in education, in innovation, because this is what it was really designed for. Why has it been such a tough one for this advocacy to be really, really implemented in a massive scale? I witnessed one or two shows in New York City. The other one happened somewhere in the Asian world. But we've not been able to see this, this uh, advocacy be driven to the point that countries could tap into them as a revenue source. It comes back to the same thing I tell you in the beginning. If you don't control more than 80% of, of the distribution of your information, somebody else will control it. And that's what has been happening to us. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you, know, you know we worked on that uh, sports for climate action in West Africa, right. all right? Right. With the African, right. the African uh, Union region too, okay? Well, guess what? The Caribbean and Black America and the entire Africa, African diaspora is the sixth region of Africa as declared in the 2003 declaration, all right? I think we have a responsibility, okay, to go out and find what relates to us. I've been trying to do it, but one man can't do it. It requires a team. And this is the right. reason why I've dedicated so much time in trying to bring the Caribbean, Africa, Black America, Brazil, and everybody together, okay? But I alone can't do it. But I know what my responsibilities are. And by so doing, we are able to, in fact, this year, this year, King Coco, had the, had the Tokyo Olympics, um, if, it was, if it was going to happen this year, it's not, it's going to be postponed until next year. That was right. the, 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 the outgoing party to celebrate sports for climate action, because climate action is the Kyoto Agreement. And the Kyoto Agreement, which was signed in 1997, is about greenhouse gases. So that's why we were working on that project. Unfortunately, COVID-19 escaped from some lab in- I know, I know. That happened. Yes. Len, 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 Len. I know the investment we did in trying to establish the first international league across both the Caribbeans, the Americas, and Africa. Because we know that uh, black folks are the real athletes in this world. And uh, the, the weather in Africa will actually provide some awesome training platform during winter periods all over the world. About Africa, countries have not been able to get together. Thank God that uh, we've been working with the ECOWAS region uh, to see how we can we can now pull such this kind of event so that we could actually start uh, taking advantage of even the basic sun, something as basic as the sun that God gave us. Black folks right. will not be able to make use of it to create this kind of competition you're talking about. We've not been able to tap into the creative economy, the Afro music, the Nollywood to, to be able to drive the kind of projects that World Bank will see it, uh, United Nations will see it fit a climate change project. So now we're talking about right. another scenario here, the, uh, the African Continental Free Trade Zone. This is another treaty right. that has just been signed, was supposed to be jump-started by July uh, this year. And we're sure that, I can tell you that, there is no technology framework developed to back up and deliver this treaty. African countries are supposed to work together to become a one manufacturing space and one exporting space. 
whereby anybody anywhere in the world within Africa or outside Africa could actually key in uh, uh, and find out information they need to continue on the transaction and possibly go ahead and close this transaction on this digital space. What is the continent doing? Or this just going to be another uh, another treaty that's going to sit and collect dust on the shelves of the African Union building? Okay. Now, it comes back to the same simple thing. In order for you to understand what is done, what has been done, or what is, what is going to, to actually happen, you have to have a broadcast network. So in the simplicity of things, before you try to do every, anything, you have to be able to talk to people every minute, every hour, every day, every week. We haven't even reached any, every minute. And we have to do so in our platform. Now, you know we have developed those things already, okay? I've been going to Africa for quite a while, and even the last 12 years, okay? We have shown networks that we used in Singapore, in Thailand. It's the same thing. We have to accept the fact that we have something that we can start with. Because if we wait until we have everything, we'll end up with nothing that we have, okay? Because think about Trinidad and Tobago. Think about Nigeria, okay? We have ancestral roots. Think about Tobago and the Igbo people. The Tobagonians are from the Igbo generation or the Igbo ancestry, which is in your country. This is not by, like if we don't know what our roots are, we, we, it takes ancestry that come to tell us where we are from. No, we already know where we are from. The thing is, we can't take on a big problem and think that we have to have all these things in place before it solves. We have to use relationship equity. Look, you and I have had a great relationship. Coming to our brother, I.B., from, from, from Silicon Valley. He's out in Silicon Valley there, okay? If we use those type of relationships and build on that, we realize that we have more than we actually need to start something, okay? And that comes from the support we can get from each other in terms of sometimes we need a pat on the back. Sometimes we just need a hug, a high five. Of course, these days with COVID um, social separation, we can't even do that. We have to do what kind of sign. <laughs> so that's what it is. We're there, we're there, King Coco. What it, would, what, it, what it does, understand the advantage we have. The advantage Africa has are its sons and daughters in the West, in the Americas. We came here, we built the Americas, okay? And the only people who will tell you that are the Native Americans okay, whose voices we don't hear at all. So think about how your minds are controlled or influenced by media, okay? We had BET. BET was sold for $3 billion in shares and cash, okay? We no longer have that. What do we have? TV1. TV1 is controlled by NBC. What do we have? WBLS radio station is controlled by other investors. What do we have, okay? And you'll find out what we actually have are radio stations in Africa, TV stations in Africa, radio stations in the Caribbean, TV stations in the Caribbean. The problem is they are not connected on the same network, which is what we have always been trying to do. We have invested a lot of money and time and effort in that, okay? So what one has to do right now, uh, use these platforms, okay, to celebrate what we have. Because when, when, People see us not celebrating. They say, oh, yeah, there goes those people again, always arguing about something, and they don't even know what they have. Let's go and take it. That's exactly what they've been doing. The power of celebration is the power 
of elevation. If we don't celebrate the little that we have, our ancestors and the good God above would not give us more. Okay? We have to show that we can take little, like the five loaves and two fishes, and feed multitudes, or like that stone in David's sling, and slay Goliath. That's what we got in Coco. Hello? Nadine. Not hearing you. Thank you. Hello? Not hearing you.
the right of destruction. So thank you. I think we start to make sure that you download the show on 3250.com with the Galaxy Talk Radio. I'm not trying to work on one thing so you can listen to all our previous shows. We stream live on multiple networks and platforms. We are working on a partnership with an organization that will give us a better reach and an interactive possibility with our followers and our viewers. Once again, thank you very much. I look forward to my show again, same time next week, 5 p.m. East Coast time, at 10 p.m. West African time with my dear Paladin. Then the Paladin discussion starts at the last of Listen, learn, liberate on the solidarity. Thank you, and God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.